the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to the Bible Live Quiz Hour. It's time to test and grow your knowledge of the Bible. The entire Bible every year. On Sunday nights at 9, join us here for the Bible Live Quiz Hour. Sophie will ask questions from the Bible Live leads. You call in with the correct answers and you win. It's just that simple. So get out your Bible, put on your thinking cap, and hit that speed dial. Because here's the host of The Bible Live. Your Apache Indian scout through the book of books, Soapy Dollar. And good evening. Welcome to The Bible Live this evening. Hope you're having a great weekend. Hope you had a chance to uh, go to church this morning and enjoy where you uh, just... God's word and being with fellow Christians, brothers and sisters. And if you're listening and you're at, and you're saying to yourself, well, you know, that doesn't sound like soapy. Well, you're right. I'm John Harrison. I'm the producer here for, on the Bible Live. And uh, if you if you're a longtime listener, you you have probably heard me from time to time, especially when Soapy's away from the studio as he is tonight. And uh, Stacy is also out of the studio. She's at home spending some valuable time with her family. And and so they just decided to do a show where we uh, look back at some of the readings and uh, from this past week. And uh, so, you know, Soapy gave me a call and said, can you make it happen? And I said, yes, sir. I'm always here for Soapy. <laughs> anyway, I hope you're having a great weekend. Uh, we're just going to get right into the readings. It's uh, uh, got some stuff from Ezekiel and Psalms. So sit back. This is the Bible Live Quiz Show, minus the quiz this week, of course. Hello, everyone. We are ready to continue our way through the book of Ezekiel. We are coming toward at least the second half of the book of Ezekiel. Ezekiel is in Babylon. He's not over in Jerusalem or in Judah. He is one of the exiles taken in 597 B.C. He was 25 when he was taken into exile in the second invasion of Israel by Nebuchadnezzar, the emperor of Babylon. Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, they had been taken in the first group in 605. Ezekiel, a young seminary student, had been in preparation for working in the temple, began his ministry in 593 at the age of 30, which is the age when priests began their priestly work in the temple. But he was called to preach on the streets of Babylon. 
But it's an important thing to remember about Ezekiel. He was a priest. His passion was worshiping God, the temple, and the rituals. He knew that knowing God and worshiping God went beyond the outward performance, but he did love the performance of his duties. We will see that in just a few chapters as he goes to share with us then some of his vision of a restored, renewed temple. Remember now, the temple is destroyed. Tonight we're going to pick up in chapter 30. There are a series of messages about these other nations, Egypt, Edom, and and the nations around. These are the messages that he preached over these years, and they are listed not chronologically but by topic. First came the messages to Israel. Now come the messages to the nations surrounding Israel. Right now, though, let's go to our Wisdom and Worship segment, the beautiful Psalm 120 tonight on The Bible Life. Psalm 120. I took my troubles to the Lord. I cried out to him, and he answered my prayer. Rescue me, O Lord, from liars and from all deceitful people. O deceptive tongue, what will God do to you? How will he increase your punishment? You will be pierced with sharp arrows and burned with glowing coals. How I suffer among these scoundrels of Meshech. It pains me to live with these people from Kedar. I am tired of living here among people who hate peace. As for me, I am for peace, but when I speak, they are for war. End of reading, Psalm 120. Sing your praise to the Lord. Come on, everybody, send up and sing one more. What a beautiful psalm for this evening. Uh, and this, there is so much deceit and there is so much misinformation out there these days. That psalm really becomes important here on The Bible Live. We're ready to begin with our reading now from the book of Ezekiel. One further comment on our Wisdom and Worship segment, Psalm 120, a prayer for deliverance from false accusers. As believers, we have to live with the tension of being in this world, but not belonging to it. It's part of the plan of God that we would live in this world where good and evil coexist. And we need to be aware of deception. Well, let's go now to Ezekiel. He's talking to the people of Egypt, declaring God's judgment on them. Ezekiel 31 through 33, 33. Ezekiel 30. This is another message that came to me from the Lord. Son of man, prophesy and give this message from the sovereign Lord. Weep, for the terrible day is almost here, the day of the Lord. It is a day of clouds and gloom, a day of despair for the nations. A sword will come against Egypt, and those who are slaughtered will cover the ground. Their wealth will be carried away, and their foundations destroyed. The land of Ethiopia will be ravished. Ethiopia, Libya, Lydia, and Arabia, with all their other allies, will be destroyed in that war. For this is what the Lord says. All of Egypt's allies will fall, and the pride of their power will end. From Migdol to Aswan, they will be slaughtered by the sword, says the Sovereign Lord. Egypt will be desolate, surrounded by desolate nations, and its cities will be in ruins, surrounded by other ruined cities. And the people of Egypt will know that I am the Lord when I have set Egypt on fire and destroyed all their allies. At that time, I will send swift messengers in ships to terrify the complacent Ethiopians. Great panic will come upon them on that day of Egypt's certain destruction. For this is what the Sovereign Lord says. Through King Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon, I will destroy the hordes of Egypt. He and his armies, ruthless among the nations, have been sent to demolish the land. 
They will make war against Egypt until slaughtered Egyptians cover the ground. I will dry up the Nile River and hand the land over to wicked men. I will destroy the land of Egypt and everything in it, using foreigners to do it. I, the Lord, have spoken. This is what the Sovereign Lord says. I will smash the idols of Egypt and the images at Memphis. There will be no rulers left in Egypt. Anarchy will prevail throughout the land. I will destroy Pothros, Zoan, and Thebes, and they will lie in ruins, burned up by my anger. I will pour out my fury on Pelusium, the strongest fortress of Egypt, and I will stamp out the people of Thebes. Yes, I will set fire to all Egypt. Pelusium will be racked with pain. Thebes will be torn apart. Memphis will live in constant terror. The young men of Heliopolis and Bubastis will die in battle, and the women will be taken away as slaves. When I come to break the proud strength of Egypt, it will be a dark day for Topanes too. A dark cloud will cover Topanes, and its daughters will be led away as captives. And so I will greatly punish Egypt, and they will know that I am the Lord. On April 29, during the eleventh year of King Jehoiakim's captivity, this message came to me from the Lord. Son of man, I have broken the arm of Pharaoh, the king of Egypt. His arm has not been put in a cast so that it may heal. Neither has it been bound up with a splint to make it strong enough to hold a sword. Therefore this is what the Sovereign Lord says. I am the enemy of Pharaoh, the king of Egypt. I will break both of his arms, the good arm along with the broken one, and I will make his sword clatter to the ground. I will scatter the Egyptians to many lands throughout the world. I will strengthen the arms of Babylon's king and put my sword in his hand. But I will break the arms of Pharaoh, king of Egypt, and he will lie there mortally wounded, groaning in pain. I will strengthen the arms of the king of Babylon while the arms of Pharaoh fall useless to his sides. And when I put my sword in the hand of Babylon's king, and he brings it against the land of Egypt, Egypt will know that I am the Lord. I will scatter the Egyptians among the nations, then they will know that I am the Lord. You're listening to The Bible Live with Soapy Dollar. Ezekiel 31. On June 21, during the 11th year of King Jehoiakim's captivity, this message came to me from the Lord. Son of man, give this message to Pharaoh, king of Egypt, and all his people. To whom would you compare your greatness? You are as Assyria was, a great and mighty nation. Assyria, too, was once like a cedar of Lebanon, full of thick branches that cast deep forest shade with its top high among the clouds. Deep springs watered it and helped it to grow tall and luxuriant. The water was so abundant that there was enough for all the trees nearby. This great tree towered above all the other trees around it. It prospered and grew long, thick branches because of all the water at its roots. The birds nested in its branches. And in its shade all the wild animals gave birth to their young. All the great nations of the world lived in its shadow. It was strong and beautiful, for its roots went deep into abundant water. This tree became taller than any of the other cedars in the garden of God. No cypress had branches equal to it. No plane tree had boughs to compare. No tree in the garden of God came close to it in beauty. Because of the magnificence I gave this tree, it was the envy of all the other trees of Eden, the garden of God. Therefore, this is what the Sovereign Lord says. Because it became proud and arrogant, and because it set itself so high above the others, reaching to the clouds, I handed it over to a mighty nation that destroyed it as its wickedness deserved. 
I myself discarded it. A foreign army, the terror of the nations, cut it down and left it fallen on the ground. Its branches were scattered across the mountains and valleys and ravines of the land. All those who lived beneath its shadow went away and left it lying there. The birds roosted on its fallen trunk, and the wild animals lay among its branches. Let no other nation proudly exult in its own prosperity, though it be higher than the clouds, for all are doomed. They will land in the pit along with all the proud people of the world. This is what the Sovereign Lord says. When Assyria went down into the grave, I made the deep places mourn, and I restrained the mighty waters. I clothed Lebanon in black and caused the trees of the field to wilt. I made the nations shake with fear at the sound of its fall, for I sent it down to the grave with all the others like it. And all the other proud trees of Eden, the most beautiful and the best of Lebanon, the ones whose roots went deep into the water, were relieved to find it there with them in the pit. Its allies, too, were all destroyed and had passed away. They had gone down to the grave, all those nations that had lived in its shade. O oh, Egypt, to which of the trees of Eden will you compare your strength and glory? You, too, will be brought down to the pit with all these other nations. You will lie there among the outcasts who have died by the sword. This will be the fate of Pharaoh and all his teeming hordes. I, the Sovereign Lord, have spoken. You're listening to The Bible Live with Soapy Dollar. Ezekiel 32. On March 3rd, during the twelfth year of King Jehoiakim's captivity, this message came to me from the Lord. Son of man, mourn for Pharaoh, king of Egypt, and give him this message. You think of yourself as a strong young lion among the nations, but you are really just a sea monster, heaving around in your own rivers, stirring up mud with your feet. Therefore, this is what the Sovereign Lord says. I will send many people to catch you in my net and haul you out of the water. I will leave you stranded on the land to die. All the birds of the heavens will land on you, and the wild animals of the whole earth will gorge themselves on you. I will cover the hills with your flesh and fill the valleys with your bones. I will drench the earth with your gushing blood all the way to the mountains, filling the ravines to the brim. When I blot you out, I will veil the heavens and darken the stars. I will cover the sun with a cloud, and the moon will not give you its light. Yes, I will bring darkness everywhere across your land. Even the brightest stars will become dark above you. I, the Sovereign Lord, have spoken. And when I bring your shattered remains to distant nations that you have never seen, I will disturb many hearts. Yes, I will bring terror to many lands, and their kings will be terrified because of all I do to you. They will shudder in fear for their lives as I brandish my sword before them on the day of your fall. For this is what the Sovereign Lord says. The sword of the king of Babylon will come against you. I will destroy you with the swords of mighty warriors, the terror of the nations. They will shatter the pride of Egypt, and all its hordes will be destroyed. I will destroy all your flocks and herds that graze beside the streams. Never again will people or animals disturb those waters with their feet. Then I will let the waters of Egypt become calm again, and they will flow as smoothly as olive oil, says the Sovereign Lord. And when I destroy Egypt and wipe out everything you have and strike down all your people, then you will know that I am the Lord. Yes, this is the funeral song they will sing for Egypt. Let all the nations mourn for Egypt and its hordes. I, the Sovereign Lord, have spoken. On March 17, during the twelfth year, another message came to me from the Lord. Son of man, weep for the hordes of Egypt and for the other mighty nations. 
For I will send them down to the world below in company with those who descend to the pit. Say to them, O Egypt, are you lovelier than the other nations? No, so go down to the pit and lie there among the outcasts. The Egyptians will fall with the many who have died by the sword, for the sword is drawn against them. Egypt will be dragged away to its judgment. Down in the grave, mighty leaders will mockingly welcome Egypt and its allies, saying, They have come down. They lie among the outcasts, all victims of the sword. Assyria lies there, surrounded by the graves of all its people, those who were slaughtered by the sword. Their graves are in the depths of the pit, and they are surrounded by their allies. These mighty men, who once struck terror in the hearts of people everywhere, are now dead at the hands of their enemies. Elam lies there, buried with its hordes, who descended as outcasts to the world below. They terrorized the nations while they lived, but now they lie in the pit and share the humiliation of those who have gone to the world of the dead. They have a resting place among the slaughtered, surrounded by the graves of all their people. Yes, they terrorized the nations while they lived, but now they lie in shame in the pit, all of them outcasts, slaughtered by the sword. Meshach and Tubal are there, surrounded by the graves of all their hordes. They once struck terror into the hearts of all people, but now they are outcasts, all victims of the sword. They are not buried in honor like the fallen heroes of the outcasts, who went down to the grave with their weapons, their shields covering their bodies and their swords beneath their heads. They brought terror to everyone while they were still alive. You too, Egypt, will lie crushed and broken among the outcasts, all victims of the sword. Edom is there with its kings and princes. Mighty as they were, they also lie among those killed by the sword, with the outcasts who have gone down to the pit. All the princes of the north and the Sidonians are there, all victims of the sword. Once a terror, they now lie there in shame. They lie there as outcasts with all the other dead who have descended to the pit. When Pharaoh arrives, he will be relieved to find that he is not alone in having his entire army killed, says the Sovereign Lord. For I have caused my terror to fall upon all the living. And Pharaoh and his hordes will lie there among the outcasts who have died by the sword. I, the Sovereign Lord, have spoken. You're listening to The Bible Live with Soapy Dollar. Ezekiel 33. Once again a message came to me from the Lord. Son of man, give your people this message. When I bring an army against a country, the people of that land choose a watchman. When the watchman sees the enemy coming, he blows the alarm to warn the people. Then if those who hear the alarm refuse to take action, well, it is their own fault if they die. They heard the warning but wouldn't listen, so the responsibility is theirs. If they had listened to the warning, they could have saved their lives. But if the watchman sees the enemy coming and doesn't sound the alarm to warn the people, he is responsible for their deaths. They will die in their sins, but I will hold the watchman accountable. Now, son of man, I am making you a watchman for the people of Israel. Therefore, listen to what I say and warn them for me. If I announce that some wicked people are sure to die, and you fail to warn them about changing their ways, then they will die in their sins, but I will hold you responsible for their deaths. But if you warn them to repent, and they don't repent, they will die in their sins, but you will not be held responsible. Son of man, give the people of Israel this message. You are saying our sins are heavy upon us. We are wasting away. How can we survive? As surely as I live, says the Sovereign Lord, I take no pleasure in the death of wicked people. I only want them to turn from their wicked ways so they can live. Turn, turn from your wickedness, O people of Israel. 
Why should you die? Son of man, give your people this message. The good works of righteous people will not save them if they turn to sin. Nor will the sins of evil people destroy them if they repent and turn from their sins. When I tell righteous people that they will live, but then they sin, expecting their past righteousness to save them, then none of their good deeds will be remembered. I will destroy them for their sins. And suppose I tell some wicked people that they will surely die, but then they turn from their sins and do what is just and right. For instance, they might give back a borrower's pledge, return what they have stolen, and obey my life-giving laws, no longer doing what is evil. If they do this, then they will surely live and not die. None of their past sins will be brought up again, for they have done what is just and right, and they will surely live. Your people are saying the Lord is not just, but it is they who are not just. For again I say, when righteous people turn to evil, they will die. But if wicked people turn from their wickedness and do what is just and right, they will live. O people of Israel, you are saying the Lord is not just, but I will judge each of you according to your deeds. On January 8, during the twelfth year of our captivity, a man who had escaped from Jerusalem came to me and said, The city has fallen. The previous evening the Lord had taken hold of me and opened my mouth, so I would be able to speak when this man arrived the next morning. Then this message came to me from the Lord. Son of man, the scattered remnants of Judah living among the ruined cities keep saying, Abraham was only one man, yet he gained possession of the entire land. We are many. Surely the land should be given to us as a possession. Now give these people this message from the sovereign Lord. You eat meat with blood in it. You worship idols, and you murder the innocent. Do you really think the land should be yours? Murderers, idolaters, adulterers, should the land belong to you? Give them this message from the Sovereign Lord. As surely as I live, those living in the ruins will die by the sword. Those living in the open fields will be eaten by wild animals. Those hiding in the forts and caves will die of disease. I will destroy the land and demolish her pride. Her arrogant power will come to an end. The mountains of Israel will be so ruined that no one will even travel through them. When I have ruined the land because of their disgusting sins, then they will know that I am the Lord. Son of man, your people are whispering behind your back. They talk about you in their houses and whisper about you at the doors, saying, Come on, let's have some fun. Let's go hear the prophet tell us what the Lord is saying. So they come, pretending to be sincere, and sit before you listening. But they have no intention of doing what I tell them. They express love with their mouths, but their hearts seek only after money. You are very entertaining to them, like someone who sings love songs with a beautiful voice or plays fine music on an instrument. They hear what you say, but they don't do it. But when all these terrible things happen to them, as they certainly will, then they will know a prophet has been among them. End of reading, Ezekiel 31 through 33:33. And there you go. That's our first reading of the program this evening, Soapy Dollar in Ezekiel. And uh, for those of you who are new to our program or relatively new, just letting you know that during the week, each day, we have readings just like this. Online, You can go to BibleLive.com and click on podcasts, and there, there, there you'll find a link to 
to a whole series of readings that you can uh, either re-listen to or, or listen to for the first time in case you missed it. And then on Sundays tonight, we have what's called the Bible Live Quiz Show. And that's where we, where Soapy and his daughter Stacy will uh, kind of kind of discuss and go over the uh, the readings of the week in the material and ask questions that you can call in and answer. So uh, we hope to uh, have you back next week when Soapy and Stacy are here in the uh, here live in the studio. Well, there's our music. As I said, our first segment is over, and we'll be back in just a moment with more of the Bible Live Quiz Show, more readings from Soapy Dollar himself. Stay tuned. Welcome back to the Bible Live Quiz Show. I'm John Harrison, sitting in Soapy's chair this evening, taking over the controls. Well, not exactly taking over the controls, taking over the airwaves. Soapy and Stacy are away from the studio. Stacy's getting to spend some quality time with her family. You know, she's got two kids and she's married, so so it's nice to see that they can get some quality time in there. We hope you're having a wonderful evening. Thank you for spending some of that evening with us here at the Bible Live. Tonight we're revisiting some readings uh, that uh, aired uh, online this past week. As I said once before, as I said once before, uh, the readings are online, and you hear them during the week, but you can go back and you can uh, revisit them, replay them, listen to them again, or if you, in case you missed a, an evening, you can go back and listen to that program. All you have to do is go, go to BibleLive.com, click on our podcasts, and it's that simple right there. <laughs> okay, we got more readings from Soapy himself. So, sit back. This is the Bible Live Quiz Show. Thank you for joining us tonight for the Bible Live program. We have a great number of listeners now who journey through the Bible with us each and every year. And of course, every night there can be new listeners as well. We begin with a reading from the great Psalm 121. Then we'll continue in our narrative reading through the book of Ezekiel, and we've come to a really great time tonight. I'll tell you more about that as well. Right now, we want to invite you to join with us and partner with us in this very unique program that has the Bible itself at the heart of its broadcast. We need many of you to join with us in the vision of how much good it can do for a community to have God's Word, the Bible itself, on the airways for our people to hear. So I'm going to ask you to listen just briefly to my son, Scott. He's going to tell you a little bit about the Bible Live program and how you can be a part of the broadcast with us. 
The Bible Live is an exciting new vision to broadcast the Bible itself to America and the world. First of all, I want to say this is the best show in the world. This program that you put on is just a remarkable program. I don't know if there's any program like it in the U.S. But did you know that you can help put the Bible on the airwaves across America and at the same time receive your own copy of the Bible Live, the entire Bible from Genesis to Revelation on CD? Convenience is the key for me. The Bible Life has really changed my morning commute. My parents gave me the Bible Live CD collection as a gift before I went away to college. I've grown up reading the Bible, but listening to it and having it available to listen as I study or to listen as I clean my dorm room has been amazing. Hearing the Bible out loud without the effort or distraction of reading helps me focus on what it actually says. Sophie's voice and reading style really bring out the meaning of the text. I like listening to the CDs while I exercise. For every tax-deductible donation of $100 or more to The Bible Live, our thank you gift to you will be our Bible Live CD set, 62 CDs with a convenient carrying case. Visit our website, www.thebiblelive.com, and donate online today. Together we can bring the Bible live to millions who otherwise may never hear its message. I hope you will pray about and consider a gift partnering with us in the Bible Live broadcast ministry. Right now, let's go to our Wisdom and Worship segment, the beautiful Psalm 121 here on the Bible Live. Psalm 121. I look up to the mountains. Does my help come from there? My help comes from the Lord who made the heavens and the earth. He will not let you stumble and fall. The one who watches over you will not sleep. Indeed, he who watches over Israel never tires and never sleeps. The Lord himself watches over you. The Lord stands beside you as your protective shade. The sun will not hurt you by day, nor the moon at night. The Lord keeps you from all evil and preserves your life. The Lord keeps watch over you as you come and go, both now and forever. End of reading Psalm 121. Listening to The Bible Live with Sophie Dollar. That is our hope and prayer each and every broadcast that we learn more about Him and His ways so that we can know Him, serve Him, experience Him in our lives. That is the purpose of the Scriptures. We turn now to the book of Ezekiel, chapter 34. Now that his predictions and prophecies have come true, Jerusalem has fallen. He is now beginning to give a message of hope and encouragement to those that are exiled in Babylon. Tonight he'll talk about the good shepherd and the bad shepherd, foreshadowing the Messiah we know now to have been Jesus. And then we have the beautiful passage about the Valley of Dry Bones, that famous sermon that he preached about the new life from the book of Ezekiel on the Bible Life. Ezekiel 34, 1 through 37, 28. Ezekiel 34. Then this message came to me from the Lord. Son of man, prophesy against the shepherds, the leaders of Israel. Give them this message from the sovereign Lord. Destruction is certain for you shepherds who feed yourselves instead of your flock. 
Shouldn't shepherds feed their sheep? You drink the milk, wear the wool, and butcher the best animals. But you let your flocks starve. You have not taken care of the weak. You have not tended the sick or bound up the broken bones. You have not gone looking for those who have wandered away and are lost. Instead, you have ruled them with force and cruelty. So my sheep have been scattered without a shepherd. They are easy prey for any wild animal. They have wandered through the mountains and hills, across the face of the earth, yet no one has gone to search for them. Therefore, you shepherds, hear the word of the Lord. As surely as I live, says the Sovereign Lord, you abandoned my flock and left them to be attacked by every wild animal. Though you were my shepherds, you didn't search for my sheep when they were lost. You took care of yourselves and left the sheep to starve. Therefore, you shepherds, hear the word of the Lord. This is what the Sovereign Lord says. I now consider these shepherds my enemies, and I will hold them responsible for what has happened to my flock. I will take away their right to feed the flock, along with their right to feed themselves. I will rescue my flock from their mouths. The sheep will no longer be their prey, for this is what the Sovereign Lord says. I myself will search and find my sheep. I will be like a shepherd looking for his scattered flock. I will find my sheep and rescue them from all the places to which they were scattered on that dark and cloudy day. I will bring them back home to their own land of Israel, from among the peoples and nations. I will feed them on the mountains of Israel and by the rivers in all the places where people live. Yes, I will give them good pasture land on the high hills of Israel. There they will lie down in pleasant places and feed in lush mountain pastures. I myself will tend my sheep and cause them to lie down in peace, says the Sovereign Lord. I will search for my lost ones who strayed away, and I will bring them safely home again. I will bind up the injured and strengthen the weak, but I will destroy those who are fat and powerful. I will feed them, yes, feed them justice. As for you, my flock, my people, this is what the Sovereign Lord says. I will judge between one sheep and another, separating the sheep from the goats. Is it not enough for you to keep the best of the pastures for yourselves? Must you trample down the rest? Is it not enough for you to take the best water for yourselves? Must you also muddy the rest with your feet? All that is left for my flock to eat is what you have trampled down. All they have to drink is water that you have fouled. Therefore this is what the Sovereign Lord says, I will surely judge between the fat sheep and the scrawny sheep. For you fat sheep, push and butt and crowd my sick and hungry flock until they are scattered to distant lands. So I will rescue my flock, and they will no longer be abused and destroyed. And I will judge between one sheep and another, and I will set one shepherd over them, even my servant David. He will feed them and be a shepherd to them, and I the Lord will be their God. And my servant David will be a prince among my people. I the Lord have spoken." I will make a covenant of peace with them and drive away the dangerous animals from the land. Then my people will be able to camp safely in the wildest places and sleep in the woods without fear. I will cause my people and their homes around my holy hill to be a blessing. And I will send showers, showers of blessings, which will come just when they are needed. The orchards and fields of my people will yield bumper crops and everyone will live in safety. When I have broken their chains of slavery and rescued them from those who enslaved them, then they will know that I am the Lord. They will no longer be prey for other nations, and wild animals will no longer attack them. 
they will live in safety, and no one will make them afraid. And I will give them a land famous for its crops. So my people will never again go hungry or be shamed by the scorn of foreign nations. In this way they will know that I, the Lord their God, am with them. And they will know that they, the people of Israel, are my people, says the Sovereign Lord. You are my flock, the sheep of my pasture. You are my people, and I am your God, says the Sovereign Lord. This is the Bible live with Soapy Dollar. Ezekiel 35. Again, a message came to me from the Lord. Son of man, turn toward Mount Seir and prophesy against its people. Give them this message from the Sovereign Lord. I am your enemy, O Mount Seir, and I will raise my fist against you to destroy you completely. I will demolish your cities and make you desolate, and then you will know that I am the Lord. Your continual hatred for the people of Israel led you to butcher them when they were helpless, when I had already punished them for all their sins. As surely as I live, says the Sovereign Lord, since you showed no distaste for blood, I will give you a bloodbath of your own. Your turn has come. I will make Mount Seir utterly desolate, killing off all who try to escape and any who return. I will fill your mountains with the dead. Your hills, your valleys, and your streams will be filled with people slaughtered by the sword. I will make you desolate forever. Your cities will never be rebuilt. Then you will know that I am the Lord. For you said the lands of Israel and Judah will be ours. We will take possession of them. What do we care that the Lord is there? Therefore, as surely as I live, says the Sovereign Lord, I will pay back your angry deeds with mine. I will punish you for all your acts of anger, envy, and hatred, and I will bring honor to my name by what I do to you. Then you will know that I, the Lord, have heard every contemptuous word you spoke against the mountains of Israel. For you said, They have been destroyed, they have been given to us as food to eat. In saying that, you boasted proudly against me, and I have heard it all. This is what the Sovereign Lord says. The whole world will rejoice when I make you desolate. You rejoiced at the desolation of Israel's inheritance. Now I will rejoice at yours. You will be wiped out, you people of Mount Seir and all who live in Edom. Then you will know that I am the Lord. This is the Bible live with Soapy Dollar. Ezekiel 36. Son of man, prophesy to Israel's mountains. Give them this message. O mountains of Israel, hear the word of the Lord. This is what the Sovereign Lord says. Your enemies have taunted you, saying, Aha! Now the ancient heights belong to us. Therefore, son of man, give the mountains of Israel this message from the Sovereign Lord. Your enemies have attacked you from all directions, and now you are possessed by many nations. You are the object of much mocking and slander. Therefore, O mountains of Israel, hear the word of the Sovereign Lord. He speaks to the hills and mountains, ravines and valleys, and to ruined wastes and long deserted cities that have been destroyed and mocked by foreign nations everywhere. This is what the Sovereign Lord says. My jealous anger is on fire against these nations, especially Edom, because they have shown utter contempt for me by gleefully taking my land for themselves as plunder. Therefore prophesy to the hills and mountains, the ravines and valleys of Israel. Give them this message from the Sovereign Lord. I am full of fury because you have suffered shame before the surrounding nations. Therefore, says the Sovereign Lord, I have raised my hand and sworn an oath that those nations will soon have their turn at suffering shame. But the mountains of Israel will produce heavy crops of fruit to prepare for my people's return, and they will be coming home again soon. 
See, I am concerned for you, and I will come to help you. Your ground will be tilled and your crops planted. I will greatly increase the population of Israel, and the ruined cities will be rebuilt and filled with people. Not only the people, but your flocks and herds will also greatly multiply. O mountains of Israel, I will bring people to live on you once again. I will make you even more prosperous than you were before. Then you will know that I am the Lord. I will cause my people to walk on you once again, and you will be their inheritance. You will never again devour their children. This is what the Sovereign Lord says. Now the other nations taunt you, saying, Israel is a land that devours her own people. But you will never again devour your people or bereave your nation, says the Sovereign Lord. I will not allow those foreign nations to sneer at you, and you will no longer be shamed by them or cause your nation to fall, says the Sovereign Lord. Then this further message came to me from the Lord. Son of man, when the people of Israel were living in their own land, they defiled it by their evil deeds. To me their conduct was as filthy as a bloody rag. They polluted the land with murder and by worshipping idols. So I poured out my fury on them. I scattered them to many lands to punish them for the evil way they had lived. But when they were scattered among the nations, they brought dishonor to my holy name. For the nations said, These are the people of the Lord, and he couldn't keep them safe in his own land. Then I was concerned for my holy name, which had been dishonored by my people throughout the world. Therefore give the people of Israel this message from the Sovereign Lord. I am bringing you back again, but not because you deserve it. I am doing it to protect my holy name, which you dishonored while you were scattered among the nations. I will show how holy my great name is, the name you dishonored among the nations. And when I reveal my holiness through you before their very eyes, says the Sovereign Lord, then the nations will know that I am the Lord. For I will gather you up from all the nations and bring you home again to your land. Then I will sprinkle clean water on you, and you will be clean. Your filth will be washed away, and you will no longer worship idols. And I will give you a new heart with new and right desires, and I will put a new spirit in you. I will take out your stony heart of sin and give you a new obedient heart. And I will put my spirit in you, so you will obey my laws and do whatever I command. And you will live in Israel, the land I gave your ancestors long ago. You will be my people, and I will be your God. I will cleanse you of your filthy behavior. I will give you good crops, and I will abolish famine in the land. I will give you great harvest from your fruit trees and fields. And never again will the surrounding nations be able to scoff at your land for its famines. Then you will remember your past sins and hate yourselves for all the evil things you did. But remember, says the Sovereign Lord, I am not doing this because you deserve it. Oh, my people of Israel, you should be utterly ashamed of all you have done. This is what the Sovereign Lord says. When I cleanse you from your sins, I will bring people to live in your cities, and the ruins will be rebuilt. The fields that used to lie empty and desolate, a shock to all who passed by, will again be farmed. And when I bring you back, people will say this God-forsaken land is now like Eden's garden. The ruined cities now have strong walls and they are filled with people. Then the nations all around, and those still left, will know that I, the Lord, rebuilt the ruins and planted lush crops in the wilderness. For I, the Lord, have promised this, and I will do it. This is what the Sovereign Lord says. I am ready to hear Israel's prayers for these blessings, 
and I am ready to grant them their requests. I will multiply them like the sacred flocks that filled Jerusalem's streets at the time of her festivals. The ruined cities will be crowded with people once more, and everyone will know that I am the Lord. This is the Bible live with Soapy Dollar. Ezekiel 37. The Lord took hold of me, and I was carried away by the Spirit of the Lord to a valley filled with bones. He led me around among the old dry bones that covered the valley floor. They were scattered everywhere across the ground. Then he asked me, Son of man, can these bones become living people again? O sovereign Lord, I replied, you alone know the answer to that. Then he said to me, Speak to these bones and say, Dry bones, listen to the word of the Lord. This is what the sovereign Lord says. Look, I am going to breathe into you and make you live again. I will put flesh and muscles on you and cover you with skin. I will put breath into you, and you will come to life. Then you will know that I am the Lord. So I spoke these words just as he told me. Suddenly, as I spoke, there was a rattling noise all across the valley. The bones of each body came together and attached themselves as they had been before. Then, as I watched, muscles and flesh formed over the bones. Then skin formed to cover their bodies, but they still had no breath in them. Then he said to me, Speak to the winds and say, This is what the Sovereign Lord says. Come, O breath, from the four winds. Breathe into these dead bodies so that they may live again. So I spoke as he commanded me, and the wind entered the bodies, and they began to breathe. They all came to life and stood up on their feet, a great army of them. Then he said to me, Son of man, these bones represent the people of Israel. They are saying, We have become old dry bones. All hope is gone. Now give them this message from the Sovereign Lord. O oh, my people, I will open your graves of exile and cause you to rise again. Then I will bring you back to the land of Israel. When this happens, O oh, my people, you will know that I am the Lord. I will put my spirit in you, and you will live and return home to your own land. Then you will know that I am the Lord. You will see that I have done everything just as I promised. I, the Lord, have spoken. Again a message came to me from the Lord. Son of man, take a stick and carve on it these words. This stick represents Judah and its allied tribes. Then take another stick and carve these words on it. This stick represents the northern tribes of Israel. Now hold them together in your hand as one stick. When your people ask you what your actions mean, say to them, This is what the Sovereign Lord says. I will take the northern tribes and join them to Judah. I will make them one stick in my hand. Then hold out the sticks you have inscribed so the people can see them. And give them this message from the Sovereign Lord. I will gather the people of Israel from among the nations. I will bring them home to their own land from the places where they have been scattered. I will unify them into one nation in the land. One king will rule them all. No longer will they be divided into two nations. They will stop polluting themselves with their detestable idols and other sins. For I will save them from their sinful backsliding. I will cleanse them. Then they will truly be my people, and I will be their God. My servant David will be their king, and they will have only one shepherd. They will obey my regulations and keep my laws. They will live in the land of Israel where their ancestors lived, the land I gave my servant Jacob. 
They and their children and their grandchildren after them will live there forever, generation after generation. And my servant David will be their prince forever. And I will make a covenant of peace with them, an everlasting covenant. I will give them their land and multiply them, and I will put my temple among them forever. I will make my home among them. I will be their God, and they will be my people. And since my temple will remain among them forever, the nations will know that I, the Lord, have set Israel apart for myself to be holy. End of reading, Ezekiel 34, 1 through 37, 28. Another great reading from Soapy Dollar. I'm John Harrison, and there's our music. Well, two-thirds of the program is in the books. We've got another reading coming up, so stay tuned. There's more of the Bible Live just around the corner, so don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. We'll warm up to its glowing. That's how it is with God's love. Once you've experienced it, you spread it. Welcome back to the Bible Live Quiz Show. This is John Harrison sitting in for Soapy Dollar this evening. Well, we're getting to hear Soapy and some of these wonderful readings from this past week. If you've missed them, you can always go back to BibleLive.com, click on our podcast, and there you go. You can listen to a, a whole host of readings from the past weeks and months. From, straight from the Bible, from Soapy's mouth to your ears. And uh, I hope you all are having a great weekend. I sure I sure did. I had a wonderful time at church today. I felt privileged to be there in a way because we welcomed a new member of our Christian family. Uh, and what I mean by that is we had a baptism. And it seems like we've been having a lot of those. I'm, I'm, I'm Episcopalian, by the way. But it seems like we've been having a lot of those. Like in the last four services, it seems like three of them had at least one baptism. And uh, that's actually that's actually a good thing. Not complaining because when we welcome someone into the Christian family, you know, one of one of Christ's children, one of God's children, and so uh, it's always a, a, a very blessed event. And speaking of something very blessed. Let's get back to the readings, more from Ezekiel. I'll just hand it over to uh, Soapy. This is the Bible Live Quiz Show. And we are indeed right here where we ought to be and you there where you ought to be. We're ready for another evening in the scriptures together, continuing right on through this remarkable book of Ezekiel by this remarkable man who faithfully preached the good news of that era, the true and living God who called to his people, even in the midst of being disciplined for their sin and their wickedness as a nation, 
Ezekiel preaching to the believers over in Babylon. You always have to remember now that he is in Babylon, and he is preaching to them in chapters 1 through 24 of Ezekiel, giving them visions of sin and of judgment and of punishment on them as a nation. God's warnings to the people of Israel go way back to the time of Moses at the foot of Mount Sinai. God told them these warnings of disobedience. So finally, after many, many years of God's dealings with them, punishing and disciplining and bringing them back to faith, which has been almost a consistent downward spiral through the centuries, now it has come to God having to severely discipline the people. In essence, start over again with a small remnant who would truly seek their God. Ezekiel is preaching over in Babylon, while Jeremiah was over in Jerusalem preaching essentially the same messages of judgment, of warning, and calling for repentance. And then there's a section in chapters 25 through 32 where Ezekiel preached to the nations around Israel, the Edomites, the Egyptians, the Assyrians, and so on. God would deal with them as well. Finally, we're in the section now where Ezekiel begins preaching that God would restore them to the land. And we began that in chapter 33, a message of hope, of encouragement. And we just finished last program with this incredible sermon, this vision of a valley of dry bones. Right now, though, we're going to our wisdom and worship segment from the Psalm. Psalm 122. I was glad when they said to me, let us go to the house of the Lord. And now we are standing here inside your gates, O Jerusalem. Jerusalem is a well-built city, knit together as a single unit. All the people of Israel, the Lord's people, make their pilgrimage here. They come to give thanks to the name of the Lord as the law requires. Here stand the thrones where judgment is given, the thrones of the dynasty of David. Pray for the peace of Jerusalem. May all who love this city prosper. O Jerusalem, may there be peace within your walls and prosperity in your palaces. For the sake of my family and friends, I will say peace be with you. For the sake of the house of the Lord our God, I will seek what is best for you, O Jerusalem. End of reading Psalm 122. The Bible Live with Sophie Dollar. This is the Bible Live. As tonight we enter into a section of the book of Ezekiel that emphasizes worship, the restoration of the people to the land in chapters 33 through 38, the restoration of the people of God, the people of Israel. Now remember, as we are reading the scriptures today, we are talking about God's people all around planet Earth, every man, woman, child whom God has redeemed. These are principles that we can apply to our own experiences now. Of course, we're reading in its historical context. On its first meeting, it is about Ezekiel's preaching to the people of his era, the people of that time. We are applying what we hear from God's dealings with them then to the people of God now around the world. The same principles apply as God dealt with them then. He deals with us as a people now. 
There's been messages of warning, messages of guidance and instruction. And now we're coming to a section where he talks about his protection. God's kingdom has enemies, both in the spiritual realm, and there are men and women and nations even that resist and oppose the growth and expansion of God's kingdom. In our reading tonight, God is promising us his protection against those enemies. And we begin a section about the restoration of worship, genuine worship of God. Ezekiel 38, 1 through 40, 49. Ezekiel 38. This is another message that came to me from the Lord. Son of man, prophesy against Gog of the land of Magog, the prince who rules over the nations of Meshech and Tubal. Give him this message from the sovereign Lord. Gog, I am your enemy. I will turn you around and put hooks into your jaws to lead you out to your destruction. I will mobilize your troops and cavalry and make you a vast and mighty horde, all fully armed. Persia, Ethiopia, and Libya will join you too with all their weapons. Gomer and all its hordes will also join you, along with the armies of Beth Togarma from the distant north and many others. Get ready, be prepared. Keep all the armies around you mobilized and take command of them. A long time from now you will be called into action. In the distant future, you will swoop down on the land of Israel, which will be lying in peace after her recovery from war and after the return of her people from many lands. You and all your allies, a vast and awesome horde, will roll down on them like a storm and cover the land like a cloud. This is what the Sovereign Lord says. At that time, evil thoughts will come to your mind, and you will devise a wicked scheme. You will say Israel is an unprotected land filled with unwalled villages. I will march against her and destroy these people who live in such confidence. I will go to those once desolate cities that are again filled with people who have returned from exile in many nations. I will capture vast amounts of plunder and take many slaves, for the people are rich with cattle now. And they think the whole world revolves around them. But Sheba and Dedan and the merchants of Tarshish will ask, Who are you to rob them of silver and gold? Who are you to drive away their cattle and seize their goods and make them poor? Therefore, son of man, prophesy against Gog. Give him this message from the sovereign Lord. When my people are living in peace in their land, then you will rouse yourself. You will come from your homeland in the distant north with your vast cavalry and your mighty army, and you will cover the land like a cloud. This will happen in the distant future. I will bring you against my land as everyone watches, and my holiness will be displayed by what happens to you. Then all the nations will know that I am the Lord. This is what the Sovereign Lord says. You are the one I was talking about long ago when I announced through Israel's prophets that in future days I would bring you against my people. But when Gog invades the land of Israel, says the Sovereign Lord, my fury will rise. For in my jealousy and blazing anger, I promise a mighty shaking in the land of Israel on that day. All living things, all the fish, birds, animals, and people will quake in terror at my presence. Mountains will be thrown down, cliffs will crumble, walls will fall to the earth. I will summon the sword against you throughout Israel, says the Sovereign Lord. Your men will turn against each other in mortal combat. I will punish you and your hordes with disease and bloodshed. I will send torrential rain, hailstones, fire, and burning sulfur. Thus will I show my greatness and holiness, and I will make myself known to all the nations of the world. Then they will know that I am the Lord, 
You're listening to The Bible Live with Soapy Dollar. Ezekiel 39. Son of man, prophesy against Gog. Give him this message from the Sovereign Lord. I am your enemy, O Gog, ruler of the nations of Meshech and Tubal. I will turn you and drive you toward the mountains of Israel, bringing you from the distant north. I will knock your weapons from your hands and leave you helpless. You and all your vast hordes will die on the mountains. I will give you as food to the vultures and wild animals. You will fall in the open fields, for I have spoken, says the Sovereign Lord. And I will rain down fire on Magog and on all your allies who live safely on the coasts. Then they will know that I am the Lord. Thus I will make known my holy name among my people of Israel. I will not let it be desecrated any more. And the nations too will know that I am the Lord, the Holy One of Israel. That day of judgment will come, says the Sovereign Lord. Everything will happen just as I have declared it. Then the people in the towns of Israel will go out and pick up your small and large shields, bows and arrows, javelins and spears, and they will use them for fuel. There will be enough to last them seven years. They will need nothing else for their fires. They won't need to cut wood from the fields or forests, for these weapons will give them all they need. They will take plunder from those who planned to plunder them, says the Sovereign Lord. And I will make a vast graveyard for Gog and his hordes in the Valley of the Travelers, east of the Dead Sea. The path of those who travel there will be blocked by this burial ground, and they will change the name of the place to the Valley of Gog's hordes. It will take seven months for the people of Israel to cleanse the land by burying the bodies. Everyone in Israel will help, for it will be a glorious victory for Israel when I demonstrate my glory on that day, says the Sovereign Lord. At the end of the seven months, special crews will be appointed to search the land for any skeletons and to bury them, so the land will be made clean again. Whenever some bones are found, a marker will be set up beside them so the burial crews will see them and take them to be buried in the Valley of Gog's Hordes. There will be a town there named Hamona, which means horde, and so the land will finally be cleansed. And now, son of man, call all the birds and wild animals, says the Sovereign Lord. Say to them, gather together for my great sacrificial feast. Come from far and near to the mountains of Israel, and there eat the flesh and drink the blood. Eat the flesh of mighty men and drink the blood of princes as though they were rams, lambs, goats, and fat young bulls of Bashan. Gorge yourselves with flesh until you are glutted. Drink blood until you are drunk. This is the sacrificial feast I have prepared for you. Feast at my banquet table. Feast on horses, riders, and valiant warriors, says the Sovereign Lord. Thus I will demonstrate my glory among the nations. Everyone will see the punishment I have inflicted on them and the power I have demonstrated. And from that time on, the people of Israel will know that I am the Lord their God. The nations will then know why Israel was sent away to exile. It was punishment for sin, for they acted in treachery against their God. Therefore, I turned my back on them and let their enemies destroy them. I turned my face away and punished them in proportion to the vileness of their sins. So now the Sovereign Lord says, I will end the captivity of my people. I will have mercy on Israel, for I am jealous for my holy reputation. They will accept responsibility for their past shame and treachery against me after they come home to live in peace and safety in their own land. And then no one will bother them or make them afraid. When I bring them home from the lands of their enemies, my holiness will be displayed to the nations. Then my people will know that I am the Lord their God, responsible for sending them away to exile and responsible for bringing them home. 
I will leave none of my people behind, and I will never again turn my back on them, for I will pour out my spirit upon them, says the Sovereign Lord. You're listening to The Bible Live with Soapy Dollar. Ezekiel 40. On April 28, during the 25th year of our captivity, 14 years after the fall of Jerusalem, the Lord took hold of me. In a vision of God, he took me to the land of Israel and set me down on a very high mountain. From there, I could see what appeared to be a city across from me toward the south. As he brought me nearer, I saw a man whose face shone like bronze standing beside a gateway entrance. He was holding in his hand a measuring tape and a measuring rod. He said to me, Son of man, watch and listen. Pay close attention to everything I show you. You have been brought here so I can show you many things. Then you will return to the people of Israel and tell them everything you have seen. I could see a wall completely surrounding the temple area. The man took a measuring rod that was ten and a half feet long and measured the wall. And the wall was ten and a half feet thick and ten and a half feet high. Then he went over to the gateway that goes through the eastern wall. He climbed the steps and measured the threshold of the gateway. It was ten and a half feet deep. There were guard alcoves on each side built into the gateway passage. Each of these alcoves was ten and a half feet square, with a distance between them of eight and three-fourths feet along the passage wall. The gateway's inner threshold, which led to the foyer at the inner end of the gateway passage, was ten and a half feet deep. He also measured the foyer of the gateway and found it to be fourteen feet deep, with supporting columns three and a half feet thick. This foyer was at the inner end of the gateway structure, facing toward the temple. There were three guard alcoves on each side of the gateway passage. Each had the same measurements, and the dividing walls separating them were also identical. The man measured the gateway entrance, which was seventeen and a half feet wide at the opening, and twenty-two and three-fourths feet wide in the gateway passage. In front of each of the guard alcoves was a twenty-one-inch curb. The alcoves themselves were ten and a half feet square. Then he measured the entire width of the gateway, measuring the distance between the back walls of facing guard alcoves. This distance was forty-three and three-fourths feet. He measured the dividing walls all along the inside of the gateway up to the gateway's foyer. This distance was 105 feet. The full length of the gateway passage was 87.5 feet from one end to the other. There were recessed windows that narrowed inward through the walls of the guard alcoves and their dividing walls. There were also windows in the foyer structure. The surfaces of the dividing walls were decorated with carved palm trees. Then the man brought me through the gateway into the outer courtyard of the temple. A stone pavement ran along the walls of the courtyard, and thirty rooms were built against the walls, opening onto the pavement. This pavement flanked the gates and extended out from the walls into the courtyard the same distance as the gateway entrance. This was the lower pavement. Then the man measured across the temple's outer courtyard between the outer and inner gateways. The distance was 175 feet. There was a gateway on the north, just like the one on the east, and the man measured it. Here, too, there were three guard alcoves on each side, with dividing walls and a foyer. All the measurements matched those of the east gateway. The gateway passage was 87 and a half feet long and 43 and three-fourths feet wide between the back walls of facing guard alcoves. The windows, the foyer, and the palm tree decorations were identical to those in the east gateway. There were seven steps leading up to the gateway entrance, and the foyer was at the inner end of the gateway passage. Here on the north side, just as on the east, there was another gateway leading to the temple's inner courtyard directly opposite this outer gateway. The distance between the two gateways was 175 feet. 
Then the man took me around to the south gateway and measured its various parts, and he found they were exactly the same as in the others. It had windows along the walls as the others did, and there was a foyer where the gateway passage opened into the outer courtyard. And like the others, the gateway passage was 87 and a half feet long and 43 and three-fourths feet wide between the back walls of facing guard alcoves. This gateway also had a stairway of seven steps leading up to it, and there were palm tree decorations along the dividing walls. And here again, directly opposite the outer gateway, was another gateway that led into the inner courtyard. The distance between the two gateways was 175 feet. You're listening to The Bible Live with Soapy Dollar. Then the man took me to the south gateway leading into the inner courtyard. He measured it and found that it had the same measurements as the other gateways. Its guard alcoves, dividing walls, and foyer were the same size as those in the others. It also had windows along its walls and in the foyer structure. And like the others, the gateway passage was 87 and a half feet long and 43 and three-fourths feet wide. The foyers of the gateways leading into the inner courtyard were 8 and three-fourths feet deep and 43 and three-fourths feet wide. The foyer of the south gateway faced into the outer courtyard. It had palm tree decorations on its columns, and there were eight steps leading to its entrance. Then he took me to the east gateway leading to the inner courtyard. He measured it and found that it had the same measurements as the other gateways. Its guard alcoves, dividing walls, and foyer were the same size as those of the others. And there were windows along the walls and in the foyer structure. The gateway passage measured 87 and a half feet long and 43 and three-fourths feet wide. Its foyer faced into the outer courtyard. It had palm decorations on its columns, and there were eight steps leading to its entrance. Then he took me around to the north gateway leading to the inner courtyard. He measured it and found that it had the same measurements as the other gateways. The guard alcoves, dividing walls, and foyer of this gateway had the same measurements as in the others and the same window arrangements. The gateway passage measured 87 and a half feet long and 43 and three-fourths feet wide. Its foyer faced into the outer courtyard, and it had palm tree decorations on the columns. There were eight steps leading to its entrance. A door led from the foyer of the inner gateway on the north side into a side room where the meat for the sacrifices was washed before being taken to the altar. On each side of this foyer were two tables where the sacrificial animals were slaughtered for the burnt offerings, sin offerings, and guilt offerings. Outside the foyer, on each side of the stairs going up to the north entrance, there were two more tables. So there were eight tables in all, four inside and four outside, where the sacrifices were cut up and prepared. There were also four tables of hewn stone for preparation of the burnt offerings, each 31 and a half inches square and 21 inches high. On these tables were placed the butchering knives and other implements and the sacrificial animals. There were hooks, each three inches long, fastened to the foyer walls and set on the tables where the sacrificial meat was to be laid. Inside the inner courtyard, there were two one-room buildings for the singers, one beside the north gateway facing south and the other beside the south gateway facing north. And the man said to me, The building beside the north inner gate is for the priests who supervise the temple maintenance. The building beside the south inner gate is for the priests in charge of the altar, the descendants of Zadok. For they alone of all the Levites may approach the Lord to minister to him. Then the man measured the inner courtyard and found it to be 175 feet square. The altar stood there in the courtyard in front of the temple. Then he brought me to the foyer of the temple. He measured its supporting columns and found them to be 8 and 3 fourths feet square. The entrance was 24 and a half feet wide with walls 5 and a quarter feet thick. 
The depth of the foyer was 35 feet and the width was 19 and a fourth feet. There were 10 steps leading up to it with a column on each side. End of reading Ezekiel 38.1 through 40.49. Well, there's the music. Another episode in the books. Hope you all had a great night. Thank you for joining us. Be sure to return next Sunday at 9 p.m. when Sophie and Stacy return to the microphones to give us more insight into the Bible. Thank you for listening to the Bible Live Quiz Show. Have a great night. The Bible Live is dedicated to helping restore the Bible to our culture. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.